Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A man in Bangkok was just busted with Otters and a prairie dog in his underwear. Details to come. Is that a prairie dog in your underwear? Or are you just pleased to see me or something? I feel like otters and a prairie dog in your underwear is quite the party you got going on there. <laughs> it seems overkill to me. If I got an otter in my underwear, I'm satisfied. Do you need more? You know, this is fun, but I feel like if you threw a couple of prairie dogs in there, we'd have a serious hootenanny going. It's like that uh, bumper sticker that was hot for a while. If you had enough, would you know it? You got an otter down there and a prairie dog. <laughs> Do you really need more? Or are you just chasing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyway, coming up this hour, terrifying Krampus and perversity on campus. Stay with us. I think you're just trying to distract yourself from other problems with an otter and multiple prairie dogs in your underwear. (laughs) Why don't you, instead of putting another prairie dog in your underwear, think about what your life is really missing? (laughs) <laughs> I know. I really. I just feel like one more prairie dog, and I'd be happy, and I just I wouldn't have any problems. I know I should spend time with the kids, honey, but just let me get one more prairie dog in my underwear. I mean, it's not enough for the otter to just have a couple. What? Uh, can I have a prairie dog? You oh already God. have an otter. <laughs> Can he Bro, have put a the duck back. <laughs> now we're on to ducks. All right, so uh, a lot of good stuff to come this hour. But first, love this. It's the Friday tradition. Let's take a fun look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Three, two, one, lift off. 
prosecutors say Hunter Biden spent millions of dollars on an extravagant lifestyle. The indictment saying the president's son took part in a four-year scheme. Hunter Biden made around $7 million in income, but makes clear he did not do actual work. This indictment, which is a devastating speaking yeah. indictment, really is a complete vindication of the whistleblowers. It's just a bunch of lies. Except the day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a that's, drill. That's not. No, no. That's not. The only person more fascist than the Biden regime now is Nikki Haley. The fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So shut up for So do everybody a favor. Just walk yourself off that stage. Enjoy a nice meal and get the hell out of this place. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. U.S. warships in the Red Sea are on high alert after this serious and significant escalation. We will not tolerate attacks on American personnel. And so these attacks must stop. He's so naive. I mean, I've just lost all confidence in this guy. I would be much more aggressive about going after those that attack our U.S. forces. Our university is directly complicit in this violence with its rhetoric and its investments. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. Ronald Reagan would be rolling in his grave. Rolling in his grave. Those things that are killing people on a daily basis. I'd like to be that amused one more time in my life before I die, as that Spanish guy was. Um, you want something dark I just came across? Probably not. Mm, probably not. I've got my stuff on the uh, diseased campuses. My final word on this topic until the next time I talk about it. <laughs> so we, what you Joe, got? Go ahead. Joe and I were both struck by the oddness of the celebrating of the release of the hostages while obviously it's good that they got out the idea that it's nothing more than oh thank god as opposed to yay or is it is remember the opening to face the nation from two weeks ago could this mean peace is on the way (sighs) boy those people are terrible at their jobs Here's a young they couple. They get paid a lot, too, and they're very pretty. Here's a young couple. They were probably abducted from that concert. Young dude and a young a young woman. They look like they're in their early 20s. Hard to believe they're still alive. Anyway, they were kidnapped by Hamas. They were released. Um, uh, the dude explained how he was shot in the hip, and then Hamas operated him on him while he was fully conscious as a form of abuse. His sister was shot in the legs and had her feet operated on and reconnected upside down by the terror group. What? She is in an Israeli hospital with him where the medical team has tried to reverse the damage the Hamas doctors. Torturers. Torturers had done to them. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's good and dark. Well, you promised us dark. You delivered. What the hell? Michael, transition music, please.
We've had a lot of good transition music through the years. When you just can't go from one topic directly to the next. But this might be the best. I mean, it's effect on me emotionally is instantaneous. Yep. Oh, wait, no, he clipped that note. Yeah, he sounded a little That's like some John. Phrasing. Sounded a little like John Kerry there for a second. Oh, 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 that was a reference to his fart at the World Climate Conference, wasn't it, you child? You Idiot. child. Anyway, moving along. So, uh, one more note on this damn uh, campus neo-Marxist tearing down Western civilization thing. And that's what the university president ladies in front of Congress was making clear. Sure, talking about genocide of the Jews is an important topic, but that's not what's at the heart of this. That was just exposing that they are intent on tearing down western civilization and when the kids are out chanting in favor of that they're not going to stop them that's what they're exposed as doing bill ackman who is um a guy who's threatening to yank um i can't remember which one he is is he the guy who's going to yank a hundred million dollars from penn or is he a harvard guy i can't remember but he's one of your hedge fund guys who's going to pull enormous funding from universities becoming an activist on this um He's the Harvard guy, now that I think about it. He writes, I learned from someone with first-person knowledge of the Harvard president's search that the committee would not consider a candidate who did not meet the DEI office's criteria. The same was likely true for other elite universities during searches at the same time, creating, a, creating an even more limited universe of DEI-eligible presidential candidates. Shrinking the pool of candidates on required race, sex, gender, or sexual orientation criteria is not the right approach to identifying the best leaders for our most prestigious universities <clears throat> and uh it's also not good for those awarded the office of president who find themselves in a role they would not likely have obtained were not for a fat finger on the scale so his point being obviously these people are president and he makes it even more clearly in a different piece i saw he wrote um the criteria for becoming president of these universities is not academic rigor or leadership history it's fealty to the dei cult that's how they got these jobs, by demonstrating that they were, you know, enthusiastic revolutionaries. And then he says, um, I've been called brave for my tweets over the last few weeks, and he, he compares it to the McCarthy era. I don't think it'll be long before we look back on the last few years of speech suppression and repeated career-ending accusations of racism for those who question the DEI movement. We are all shortly going to realize that the DEI era is the McCarthy era part two. I hope so. I, I hope we look at it as a weird blip in our nation's history. And how did that happen? Isn't that weird? And there are books and movies and whatnot. I mm -hmm. hope that's what happens as opposed to it takes hold and that's just the world we live in. And I will repeat my call of yesterday. Dismantle all DEI programs everywhere they exist. All of them. Traditional civil rights enforcement mechanisms, 100% in favor of them. Make sure everybody gets their civil rights in the U.S. DEI and all of it. To that end, the point was made uh, several times in the congressional hearing, certainly in the, uh, the, the pundit world on our show, that, um, that all these elite universities 
disinvited, forbade, uh, shouted down conservative speakers of all sorts, um, ended careers for saying all lives matter and that sort of thing, but they let the students call for the genocide of Jews. Well, it's even more stupid than that. If you look for, if you look at, this is Harvard's mandatory diversity training for students. It includes sizism and fat phobia. As things, if you say them, you will be found of, of, of violating the code of conduct, making students feel unsafe, threatening them, and you will be disciplined. If you say obesity is unhealthy, Harvard will come down on you like a pile of bricks. If you say exterminate the dirty Jew, they say freedom of speech. That's Harvard. That's Penn. That's MIT. That's a lot of campuses around the country. Do you need any more proof? If you do, I probably can't help you. Fat phobia? Sizism. These are all around the edge of the power and control wheel. You'll notice attitudes, beliefs, and systems like racism, sexism, misogyny, ableism, transphobia, and xenophobia. And they get into uh, also where is where is fat phobia or size? There it is, sizeism and fat phobia. That's right. Well, Elise Stefanik, she was the one doing the questioning. She wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal yesterday on that topic, and um, she used a term that I didn't know because she was saying what constitutes bullying and, and harassment at Harvard, and she was going through the list you just went through, fat phobia and all that sort of stuff. But what is cis heterosexism? C-I-S-H. Okay, it's cis heterosexism. Okay, it's not cis. Yeah. It's cis heterosexism. Okay, I was not under, reading it under. But what is that? Somehow acting as if or saying that it's normal for, well, heterosexuality is normal. And they throw in cis because they want us to bend to their radical queer theory. I will never use the term cis. A dude who is a dude is a dude. There's no need to use the terminology of the radical gender theory crowd. But so they're saying acting like straight is quote unquote normal or better or whatever is that's harassment. That's bullying. You will be you will be punished. But again, uh, call for genocide if you like. And as many have made the point, call for the genocide of transgender people on Harvard. See what happens. Uh, I don't know about you, but we got some Christmas shopping we're doing this weekend because it's getting really dang close. What's the hot stuff out there right now, among other things that Joe has mentioned, on the way, stay here. Armstrong and Getty. Hannah Storm and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. We rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Uh, got a breaking news thing on some polling. First Iowa polling in a very, very, very long time. So you hear all this polling, it's national polling. And as everybody always points out, that's not the way we choose candidates, not the way we choose presidents, but it's just a lot easier to poll nationally. Um, a little state like Iowa, they don't poll very often where there's a new poll out. But before we get to that, do we have the clip of Chris Christie complaining to Megyn Kelly, I guess during a commercial break at the debate the other night about not getting enough time? I haven't heard this. I don't know if there's much to it. I don't know what number it is. What am I? Guy Chris Christie coming over to yours truly during a break at the end of the first hour and kind of getting up in my grill. And there was all sorts of speculation about what was happening there. I will tell you what was happening there. It was not off the record. He was pissed off. He was mad that he wasn't getting enough questions. And he said, you know, I made it up on this stage and I haven't been able to speak in a while. And, you know, I should have been brought in on that last debate. And, you know, I'm, I had a couple minds of it. I said, we're coming to you. You're going to be happy in the second hour, which I lived up to. Okay, big deal. Um, second hour. There's three people watching the second hour. I, I, I do, as I've said ten times, I don't get why Vivek gets the most time every single debate. and Unless it's just purely for ratings because you think he's more interesting. 100%. Anyway, so this Iowa polling is out. Uh, Ron DeSantis was kind of banking on, well, I got the Kim Reynolds endorsement because he's living in 1988 when endorsements still mattered. Who continues to think anybody mm -hmm. gives a crap about endorsements? Do you know one human being who changes their vote because a newspaper or a different politician endorsed somebody? I don't. No, the only thing I'll look at is like if the, uh, for instance, California Association of Sheriffs endorses something i listen to that or some libertarian think tank says this is a good guy or whatever that helps me and i might look into it more but i just i just i don't know you're living in a different world anywho so kim reynolds the popular iowa governor republican came out and endorsed ron DeSantis. here's the latest numbers now we're weeks away from the voting in the caucuses in in iowa 
Um, everybody's got a tiny percentage. Vivek's clear up to 4% in Iowa, you blowhard jackass. Uh, Nikki Haley is at 20%. Ron DeSantis is at 22%. Donald Trump is at 45%. Donald Trump holding on to a slim 24-point lead currently over Ron DeSantis. What'd you say uh, Ramaswamy's at? Four. Oh. Well, you know, if you could consolidate the not-Trump vote into one candidate, that would be enough. But as you've pointed out, and others have as well, uh, many of the DeSantis or Haley voters, their second choice is Trump. Well, all the Ramaswamy voters would be. Um, And uh, a lot of the big chunk of DeSantis and Haley. But anyway, I suppose the news, if you're going to have any news out of this, is DeSantis and, and Nikki Haley are basically tied in Iowa. So she wins Iowa, or she she finishes second in Iowa, second in New Hampshire, and then you go to South Carolina. I don't know. She he still wins. <laughs> so yeah, do the math however yeah. you want. Trump's the winner. Yeah, the, if you're looking for the scenario wherein she has the best chance, that's it. Yeah, it's still quite unlikely. So, if the one thing missing from your Christmases is terrifying the crap out of your children, you should know about Krampus. We'll tell you about Krampus next. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I wish I could sing like those old crooners. And then, and I could take do? lessons or anything. What would you do? What would I do? I'd croon. To who wins? Anybody who'd listen. 
Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Gatherings. You would? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So you have people over your house, you'd say, if I could everybody's attention for a second. Silver bells. <laughs> Silver bells. Yeah. Well, roughly, sure. If there's ever an occasion, I've sung in front of people many, many times. I would find, I would seek out such occasions. Silver bells. But you got to get that really mellow tone in your throat. I can I see Ju- you and Judy getting in the middle of the room. Everybody's attention, please. Baby, it's cold outside. Ah. We've actually discussed doing that uh, and been asked to do it. Uh, but eh. what anyway. you put in my drink, baby? It's cold outside. Are you oh, Bill no. Cosby? See, that's, baby, it's no. cold outside. Way to reinforce the woke narrative on that song. Well, way to be, uh, uh, way to be with the neo-Marxists. That's nice. Anyway. <laughs> So I, I saw this headline in the Washington Post, Krampus isn't coming to town, he's already here. I'm like, I've heard that name before. K-R-A-M-P-U-S. Um, <clears throat> and it's very important that at some point today you go to armstrongandgetty.com, look under today's hot links, and they have the pictures from this article. Krampus is a demonic anti-Santa, and he's growing in popularity in America. More and more people are, inco- are, are are incorporating Krampus into their holiday festivities. And, and here's the deal on uh, Krampus. Anti-Santa, you say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Krampus hails from the alpine towns of Central Europe. He wears a red cloak uh, trimmed in white fur like Santa Claus in the traditions of European countries. But underneath those robes is the body of a hairy, horned, goat-like monster with spindly, sharp fingernails and a long, creepy Gene Simmons-esque tongue. For centuries, according to regional folklore, he's been the bad cop to St. Nick's good cop. Jolly old Chris Kringle doles out the presents for good boys and girls. Krampus finds the naughty ones and beats them with sticks. And and picture like this really scary costume at the Halloween store that your kid sees and then can't sleep tonight. That's what Krampus is portrayed as. Well, we're a soft, soft country, so we went with uh, if you're on the naughty list, you'll get coal on your stocking, in your stocking. But the rest Which of is the a world, dirty fossil fuel. <laughs> <laughs> You've stolen my dreams and put coal in my stocking. <laughs> but in other countries, they went with if you're on the naughty list, this Krampus character will climb in the window and beat you with a stick. Right, the most terrifying specter you've ever witnessed in your life will beat you down with a wood rod. Barbaric! Can I have the coal? <laughs> in Germany, Austria, and I'm, I'm heading to uh, Austria, actually, in, in about a week. Uh, you'll find people dressed as shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> That's it. No, no, Austria. Anyway, you'll find people dressed as Krampus parading through the streets and pretending to menace the villagers for a celebration on December 5th. Whoops, I've already missed it. Which is known as Krampusnacht or Krampus Night. But in recent years, you've seen Krampus stateside, too. He's running down the streets of L.A., Chicago, even Birmingham, Alabama. Or he's on your friend's ugly Christmas sweater or the label of your craft beer. Um, here's this uh, brewery that has uh, a Krampus-themed uh, beer. Yeah, or you may see him in a Christmas haunted house. Checking his list uh, to see who's naughty. And I've always thought that uh, the, the naughty got, got to slide. I always thought it was a little too easy to be naughty. And 
the worst thing that happens to you is you get a fossil fuel in your stocking? No, beatings. That's what we need. Right, right. And and Americans are warming to this, not only because they like scary stuff. You see how we go wild every Halloween. But this is the part that I really loved. Um, as more Americans learn about this child-punishing folkloric figure, <laughs> they can't get enough of him. According to this one guy who organizes um, a, a kind of a festival, <laughs> it's a holiday horror convention, which is really nutty. He points out it helps balance the Mariah Carey and Hallmark channel. Gives us a little ah. bit of that spooky, that fun, that mysterious, the dark side of things. And we're still celebrating the purity of Christmas. It's just a different way of looking at being good or being bad. Is it, uh, I wonder how the how do the kids react to it? Or is this more for the older, childless crowd? Mm, a darker take. Know. This is a darker take on Christmas. Well, in Europe, it's absolutely for the whole family. Like, they have these parades where Krampus pretends to menace the local villagers. Yeah, now, but the, their women got hair under their armpits. I mean, what, am I supposed to look to Europe for the... What? Anyway, uh, so it's all a bit lighthearted. Maybe the little kids are actually terrified. Um, yeah, I think if I'd have told my four-year-old that, yeah, you better be good. Because Santa won't bring any presents. In fact, Krampus, let me show you a picture, will come through the window and beat you with a stick. Anyway, good night. Sleep right. Well, honestly, if I saw that thing come through my window and all he was going to do is beat me with a stick, I'd be like, oh, my God, thank God. Because it looks like he's going to eat me like raw. <laughs> well, yeah, you'd have your gun out. Blam, blam, blam. Right. Yeah, you're damn right you would. So anyway, we posted this at armstrongandgetty.com so you can see the pictures and read more about it. Uh, I'm not sure I'm in favor of it because I think a lot of this is like people who are obsessed with super scary Halloween costumes and really gruesome stuff. But I get the tradition in Europe. But that, of course, reminded me of, you know, the fact that there are many different Christmas traditions all over the world. And this website has just died. Why does this happen? And even ours hasn't been around that long, I mean, in the overall scope of time and could morph many, many ways over the next centuries, obviously. Right, right. Um, and then that, of course, reminded me of uh, one of the most brilliantly hilarious things ever written about Christmas traditions, and that's David Sedaris's Six to Eight Black Men, which if you've, you've never read it, you owe yourself to seek it out. It's easily found online. Um, but he starts by describing how when he's in foreign countries, um, he asks interesting questions of cab drivers and people he runs into. Um, and he gives several examples. But then he says, when do you open your Christmas presents? Is another good conversation starter, as it explains a lot about the national character. Um, and he goes on to describe that and various Christmas traditions, some interesting, some uh, just curious. Uh, like, Unlike the jolly obese American Santa, St. Nicholas in Holland is painfully thin and dresses not unlike the Pope, topping his robes with a tall hat. Uh, the outfit, I was told, is a carryover from his former career when he served as bishop in Turkey. One doesn't need to be much of a cultural chauvinist, though, to know that this is completely wrong. For starters, Santa didn't use to do anything. He's not retired, and more important, he has nothing to do with Turkey. The climate's all wrong, and people wouldn't appreciate him there. When asked how he got from Turkey to the North Pole, Oscar, that's the guy he was talking to, told me with complete conviction that St. Nicholas currently resides in Spain, which, again, is simply not true. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes into some detail on that, but then you get to the title. 
While our Santa flies on a sled, St. Nicholas arrives by boat and then transfers to a white horse. The event is televised, and great crowds gather at the waterfront to greet him. Huh. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a set date, but he generally docks in late November and spends a few weeks hanging out and asking people what they want. Hitting on chicks. So Sedaris asks, is it just him alone, or does he come with a back with backup? Uh, helpers, I mean. Does he have any elves? Maybe I'm just overly sensitive, but I couldn't feel per- but personally insulted when Oscar denounced the very idea as grotesque and unrealistic. Elves, he said, they're just so silly. <laughs> right. If you were if you if you didn't grow up with the idea of elves, it does seem like where did those come from? <laughs> right. The words silly and unrealistic were redefined when I learned that St. Nicholas travels with what was consistently described as quote, six to eight black men. I asked several Dutch people to narrow it down, but none of them could give me an exact number. It was always six to eight, which seems strange, seeing as they've had hundreds of years to get a decent count. The six to eight black men were characterized as personal slaves until the mid-50s when the political climate changed, and it was decided that instead of being slaves, they were just good friends. Ah. Oh, so until the 50s, in Northern Europe... Santa arrived by boat from Spain with his slaves in tow. Holy cow. Wow. Then Sedaris goes on just one more little bit. Uh, I think history has proven that something unusually uh, comes between, oh, I'm sorry, that something usually comes between slavery and friendship, a period of time marked not by cookies and quiet times beside the fire, but by bloodshed and mutual hostility. (laughs) Or at least a little resentment. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's water under the bridge, St. Nick. What are you going to do? Uh, sorry, Madison, slaving you. Ho, ho, ho. Kind of like to ask you about that whole slave period. What was going on there? So they have such violence in Holland, but rather than duking it out among themselves, Santa and his former slaves decided to take it out on the public. In the early years, if a child was naughty, St. Nicholas and the six to eight black men would beat him with what Oscar described as the small branch of a tree. A switch? Yes, he said, that's it. They'd kick him and beat him with a switch. Then if the youngster was really bad, they'd put him in a sack and take him back to Spain. St. Nicholas would kick you? Well, not anymore. Now he just pretends to kick you. And the six to eight black men? Oh, them too. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's so good. Seek it out. Uh, David Sedera, six to eight black men. In fact, we'll, we'll post a link under hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. So I'm not a um, uh, believer that this has great significance. The the whole, you know, you lied to your children and they find out Santa isn't real and they'll never trust you again, that whole thing. Um, but, you know, as I was criticizing scratch-off lottery tickets earlier and how when I see people at the convenience store, it'll look like their lives aren't going that great and they're scratching off their ticket on the hood of their bondoed $800 car. I think, yeah... I don't know if living for that next lottery ticket is the best thing, but I did a lot of that with Christmas presents, and I don't, I don't know. It didn't mean any harm, it's, but I don't know. It didn't mean any good. There was a lot of just waiting till a certain date. As soon as I get some stuff, then happiness will appear, which it mm-hmm. never does, of course, or certainly not for very long. And my mom would explain to us about the Christmas letdown, which we'd all have. But you know, the letdown is. The letdown is the normal part. The looking forward to being happy because I'm getting stuff part is a part that I don't I don't like to do as an adult anyway. Um, hmm. I don't know. I wonder if how much of the the, the 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 looking forward to getting stuff to be happy 
gets ingrained from youth from Christmas, or are we all just built that way? Yeah, I wonder. That's a really interesting set of questions. Uh, I think, you know, being thrilled to get a something that you really, really want is thrilling. I mean, I remember Christmases where I was just out of my mind with joy and and, and got Me a lot too. out of that Me gift. Yeah. Um, also, the kind that you're out of your mind with joy for like two days, then you never pick it up again. But right. I wonder whether that, that whole transition is the way a lot of us learn that stuff is not going to make us happy in a lasting way. Excellent point. Maybe the reason I've got that attitude that I've got now is from having tried it enough times to realize, ah, oh, that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, and and you grow out of it. Uh, you can't explain that to a child. They have to live it. I don't know. I don't maybe I don't know if that's a cause or an effect and mm-hmm. I don't really care because I don't want Krampus to chew off my leg while I sleep <laughs> with um, his eight slaves. Right, or St. Nicholas to come from Spain and beat me down with his, well, his friends. They're friends now. <laughs> Put you in a sack and take you back to Europe. Good Lord. <laughs> what am uh, I going to do now? I got no passport. I got no currency. What's the exchange rate? Now I'm speak, in Spain. <laughs> I don't speak the language. This is going to be horrible. Right. Uh, we will finish I strong. I should have been good. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. Hannah Storm and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Israel does not arrest, apprehend, or target anyone in the Gaza Strip that is not a Hamas terrorist 
or poses an imminent threat to Israel. That's an IDF spokesman. What's he explaining? Well, wanted to get this on your radar before we take off for the weekend because there's some pictures going around. The mainstream media and certainly the anti-Israel left is trying to get kind of an Abu Ghraib thing going with this hundred or so Palestinian men sitting on the ground in their underwear with their hands on top of their heads. Mm-hmm. And making it seem like it's, you know, like stacking people naked in pyramids or whatever we were doing in Iraq that became such a thing. Um, This is captured Hamas fighters or suspected Hamas fighters that they had to take their clothes because they're worried about hidden weapons, suicide bombs, etc. Of course. While while they're fighting a war and being attacked from every uh, window and door. That's what is going on there. It was not merely an effort to humiliate Palestinian men as part of a genocide, as it has been portrayed in some social media quarters. Right, right. And In fact, not just social media quarters. I think I heard it was on MSNBC. Highly troubling pictures. Why are these pictures highly troubling? They're not troubling in the least, except that how many of those guys are so fat while they're claiming that there's no food to be eaten. Um, Not that it's not a humanitarian disaster, because it is. But, you know, that Abu Ghraib thing was more significant than I realized at the time. It was absolutely terrible that our uh, people were that undisciplined and, and, and let down their training. The rest of it, you can't have that and have an orderly and effective armed service. Uh, at the same time, a lot of the people involved set people on fire for being gay, tortured people to death for being the wrong sect of uh, Islam, you know, wholesale slaughter and torture of their political enemies in the style of Hamas. Uh, What we did was bad, but that whole, we're the worst country on earth, look what we did thing, man, was that unhealthy. Yeah, what was her name that we, man, we had fun with her for a long time with the cigarette hanging out of her mouth, pointing at the pyramid. Oh, Lindsay yeah. something. Yeah, I don't know that there's any reason to dredge her name up again, but yeah, I remember her. Gave him the full Lindsay. <laughs> Look at that. Right. Oh, not good. Final thoughts on a Friday, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the week, beginning with our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Well, this is the first year in my house we don't have a Christmas tree because with the new kittens, we can't... They'll bite cords, they bite into anything, so uh, don't want to lose the lights on the tree. It's too expensive, so we're going without a tree this year. You don't have a Christmas tree. I know, so that doesn't seem right. The kittens are deciding whether or not you get a Christmas tree? I know, it shouldn't be that way. Wow, I'm just going to let that hang in the air for a second. Mm. <laughs> Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? Just another reason for me not to be a cat person. They come in, they cancel Christmas. Really, right. Michael? They canceled Christmas. Can't even say Merry Christmas anymore. Oh. I'd rather have Krampus beat the crap out of me than kowtow <laughs> to a cat. Good Lord. Jack, final thought for us. I can't believe that four full years after four first hearing about COVID-19, I'm having my weekend plans highly disrupted by flipping COVID. My son has COVID. He's pretty sick. You can't get sitters to come to your house when you got COVID. There's all kinds of rules you got to follow at school, etc., etc. What a drag will this ever end? 
So I almost don't want to tell this story because it's misleading. If you know me, you know how misleading it is. I only wear socks under pressure because my feet's cold. My feet are cold. But when Jack was at the uh, dock in the box with his sick kid last night, I was in a tuxedo sipping fine wine and eating uh, filet mignon. Followed by a bit of dancing, with which my wife duped me into. I thought we were leaving. And she steps onto the dance floor, having gotten me up from the table, and says, Come on, let's go. And because I love her, I'm not going to say no. So she got me to dance. Not one, but several songs worth. You were dancing in a tuxedo. I was. That's fancy. While you were at the dock in the box listening to people cough. Do I feel bad about that? A little. No, I don't. No. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. I did my time, man. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All of those great links we told you about, they're under hot links. See you Monday. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. It's called the Fauci effect. Yay. It was so bizarre and so grotesque. You, you, you fool. Can't say that. And I'm scared of you because you're weird because you're going through puberty. Another day in paradise. So let's go out with a bang. I know I should spend time with the kids, honey, but just let me get one more prairie dog in my underwear. I mean, (laughs) it's not enough for the otter to just have a couple. (laughs) What? Uh, Have a great Friday, you mother... uh, Armstrong and Getty. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.